So hello, everyone. This is Otessa, and you are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women. That's Women with an X, the Hysterical Women podcast, where you are all welcome here, friends, allies, everywhere across the rainbow, across the binary. I'm just really glad to have you be here. And this is meant to be a safe space to explore all of the weird things that life throws at us and all of the different ways in which we can be twisted and torn asunder, but also all the different ways that we can come back together. So thank you for listening, and I'm glad that you're here and going to be cheesy, but comment, like, subscribe. I also think that the word narcissism is also, like, misused and, like, thrown around a little loosely. Oh, to be clear, I'm talking about narcissistic personality disorder from the DSM-5. Oh, narcissistic personality disorder. What is that exactly? So that is extreme narcissism um, to the point that, actually, I can show you some fun memes if you well, want. Well, like Trump, right? I yes. mean, essentially. It's like uh, the, someone actually posted something really great, and it reminded me of, unfortunately, um, someone that was in my life that I had to cut out with the help of my therapist. But basically, the meme starts out with, um, you know, you, you shot on my, on my sofa, and I'm, I'm feeling really uncomfortable about it, and I would really appreciate it if, if you could help me. And the other person's like, I didn't show on your cell phone. And it's like, well, it, but it, I saw you do it. And they're like, well, everyone has shit on their sofa. You know, like, so, so what are you saying? Like, you know, and the person's like, well, uh, okay, I'm sorry that you have shit on your Are you saying I'm dirty? Like, no, I'm just trying to, like, right. fix it. And they're like, oh, so you want me to be a housekeeper now? Right. right, and you're like, no, there's nothing wrong with it. No, so you just want me to clean up your mess. Like everyone's got shit on their sofa. You just want me to be a housekeeper. How dare you? Like that kind of thing. Right. Um, so minor example of <laughs> just yeah, like a lot of conversations go that way, and everything is a trap, and you do not exist outside of the other person's ego. Right. I mean, I feel like reality TV show really did a disservice to yes. a lot of people, and I think they think it's normal behave that way because they saw it on reality TV show their whole life. And it's so crazy to think because I think back about when the real world, like the first season came out and maybe I'm hopelessly naive probably, but it really seemed as though they thought they were going to be doing something mm-hmm. that was insightful about humanity mm-hmm. and the casting process and all of this, right? Mm-hmm. And like their mission statement and then they just cashed in and they were like oh, well that was an interesting anthropological thing but we could make so much money if we just go down this dark road instead of, like, the path to hell is paved with chocolate treats and we're going to take the path to hell and we're going to reap it in, and here we are. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a bummer, but that's me being, sorry, lack of brevity. <laughs> okay, so um, second question. Uh, what do people not ask you or fail to ask you that you wish that they did? You know, I wish people would just ask me whatever it is they would like to ask me as opposed to just assuming shit about me. What do people assume about you? That's my question. You know, I think that people... I think sometimes people confuse a work ethic with with opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times people say to me, man, I don't know how you do it, Molly. You're always up to something. Well, because I have to survive. Yeah. I have to keep a roof over my head. This is not, this is not an option. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... You have to keep going. You have to do things. And so I wish sometimes people would ask me what my motivation was, what my intention was or is, how I'm doing things. And I guess, you know what, the real answer is I would like it if people ask me what they could help me with. So that's actually one of my questions. 
Imagine that. Which is, how can I help you and how can other people help you? You know, I mean, this is a great opportunity. I'm skipping all around, so we're not going in order. So. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I mean, just being on this podcast is, is helpful. You know, maybe some more people will listen to it and they'll, you know, realize I'm not a horrible person after all. Or maybe they'll double down on that. But having an opportunity to present myself and speak for myself in a neutral environment is always appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like... You know, send me some business. That's yeah. how you can help. You know, I need, I need... Hey, more. everyone, are you listening? That's right. I need more podcast clients. So if you know somebody who wants to record a podcast or is recording a podcast or has an event coming up or a panel discussion and they want it recorded audio and video, hit me up, man. I have great rates. I'm super reasonable. I'm, like, very technology forward. I only hire women. Whatever. You know. Uh, <laughs> you know. Can't be. With an X. That. But whatever. You know. We, yeah, we hire all women. Whatever. But that's how yeah. people can help is, like... Send me referrals. The next time somebody says, hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast or my company wants to do a podcast, send them my way. That would be the most helpful thing anybody could do. Awesome. And I think that goes back into, like, there's this the weird, and I hate this. I hate this. It's like the, we're, so we're doing a panel. Ooh, we need one woman on the panel. Right. Who's going to be in that one chair? This whole one chair idea. Right. I'm like, there is not one chair. We're not all going to meet at dawn and duel for that one chair. <laughs> there can be more chairs. Exactly. We can support each other. Exactly. And that makes our rates go up. It makes like the fabric of our industry for each other stronger. Exactly. Like we're showing up for each other. Exactly. Um, and so I'm sorry if people are being shitty to you. I mean, you know, whatever they were, I've tuned them out now. Well, I mean, that's the thing about DC and like this creative economy that's eating itself. Like all you gotta it's, do is disappear for five minutes and they locked on to the next target. Molly who? <laughs> I mean, but also you're hitting how many people? Like, I mean, a lot. But a you week? know, but now it's more anonymously. Now it's not on the platform of One Love Massive. Now I'm white label producing content for other people. You know, my vision with One Love was always to create a platform where people could showcase their talent and their wares and get visibility, and then therefore get gigs and get paid because of it. But you know what? I, I think I was just a little naive and just didn't realize that like that's going to take millions of dollars. Yeah. You know, there's companies out here in Silicon Valley with literally millions of dollars in money raised, and lots of them it really building apps. Ways. Well, even if they're building, doing it smart yeah. ways. Like you're not Instagram, dude. Yeah. You're not Facebook. You're not Instagram. Like, and it's going to be really, really hard to unseat those guys. Yeah. Everybody thinks they're going to create the next Uber or the next Airbnb, and that's great. And you know what? I don't want to do that. And I don't have millions of dollars <laughs> or backers or seed funders or angel investors and yeah. all of that. And you know what? I don't I don't want to do that. I just want to elevate voices. I don't want to be the platform that everybody goes to to listen to those voices. I just want to elevate them. So that's kind of the difference now is I'm doing the same stuff. I'm just doing it behind the curtain. Yeah. And do you feel as though you feel better about it, more appreciated, more valued, and more successful? Without without a doubt. Oh, yes. Without a doubt. Every yeah. client that I... Because that's... Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, that, that's... that's that in, if, the biggest. As an artist, because apparently there are only 300 in yeah, DC. Yeah, apparently. I just want to say, like... <laughs> we represent 12% right? of the artist population according <laughs> to the DC government right here. I know my math was wrong, but whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, the first gig I did with Hardcast, um, I went to Catholic University and I recorded a panel, disc- like a breakfast presentation there. Yeah. And before I left the room, I uploaded them the files. I mean, they just thought I was a magician. They were like, 
like, how did you do that? And they were so thankful and they were so nice. They were like, thank you. We'll be calling you again. This was amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And they left the room and I was so happy. I was yeah. like, this feels so good. And then I just started crying. Yeah. I'm going to cry right now. And I wasn't even 100% sure why I was crying. It was like... I wasn't sure what the feeling I had was, and then I realized this is the first time I've been paid in a decade. And probably the first time that someone actually validated you as being... Well, that's the thing. It's a tricky thing, and I think this is where the slippery slope is. Now, certainly there's a lot of people who talk shit or whatever. There's probably like ten people who talk shit, but to me there are a thousand, right? You know, who knows, whatever. There are thousands of people who have thanked me profusely and boosted me mm -hmm. and loved me. I mean, you two have always been so complimentary and supportive and nice. So it's not like I think like everybody hates me or nobody ever valued me and, and stuff like that. But there is a lot of negativity, let's be real. Yeah, but more importantly, I never got paid. Yeah. I never got paid. It was only giving. It was always giving. Yeah. Giving, giving, giving. It was like, go make this money to give it to these people. Go make this money to, to put it towards the rent. You know right, what I mean? Right. And, and it was the first time that like I got Big. Now, money went through One Love Massive, but it went through yeah. to everybody else. It never went to me. Yeah. You know, in fact, in the 19 years that I ran One Love Massive, like, I never gave myself a W-9 because I never paid myself more yeah. than $600. So not only did I not charge an artist a dime, I never paid myself for any of that work. You know? So it was literally the first time that I had been paid, and it was such a foreign feeling that I felt a little bit like an imposter, but then I also was overwhelmed with joy. Yeah. And I'm not turning back. Yeah. I'm not going back. You want somebody else to do some shit for free? Find somebody else. Yeah. Find somebody else. Like, I can't do it anymore. I love everything I did. I had a wonderful, beautiful life filled with creative, amazing, funny people. I have so much joy in me from the things that we did. And all the people that I worked with are amazing. I mean, I have family now. Yeah. You know, Pinky Killicorn, Risa Renee. I mean, Sir EU. There are people literally who are like family to me now. Mm -hmm. um, all the people I mentioned earlier. Like, I, th there's so much joy and beauty and good stuff in everything that happened. But now it's time to make sure that, like, I'm not going to be evicted. Yeah. But also, I think that that's another thing is that, A, for whatever reason, we're vilified for acknowledging even a smidgen of our value. But the reality is that if we take, and if we are, well, if we're upstanding about it and have good intentions about our value, that means that then we can go out and hire more people, train more people, and then they can go out and do the same thing. Exactly. So honestly, like... Don't feel bad about getting paid because exactly. it means you can pay other people. You can pay other people. We should all be supporting everybody yeah. getting paid and each other getting paid. Mm -hmm. And you know, and, it, and it, it's exactly what's happening. Now I'm able to hire other people to help me with this mission and they can get paid a fair wage. Yeah. Because that's the other thing that always really upset me, that there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of money was what we did, so it was hard to pay people. Now I never promised anybody anything. You know, one of my friends told me one time, she said, you shouldn't feel bad. It just is an indication you're a great leader. You know, and, and she's right. You know, I didn't promise anybody anything. She said, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm working on. And people showed up to help me. You know what I'm saying? Nobody was ever told something was going to happen and it didn't. Like, everybody was there on their own free will. And a lot of people gave a lot. Yeah. But they shouldn't have had to. I mean, they did it because they believed in you. But figuring out how to monetize that is huge. And that's one of the things we actually talk about a lot on this program. So, we are trying to find areas of... Well, let me lead us there. 
I feel like there are a lot of like hot button words <laughs> that like people are getting so sick of hearing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, do you cringe when you hear self care? Yeah. Or like work life balance. Or, or like meet them where they're at. Or oh god, don't even say lean in at me. <laughs> you know. Or um, emotional labor. All of these things, right? right? Like, are they triggering to you? I just sort of roll my eyes and make fun of them because yeah. deep down I'm a stand-up comic more so than I am like a civil rights activist. So right. I just make jokes about it, but for a reason, yeah. right? Because they've become a mockery, like they're right. a pastiche of themselves. So some of the things that we've been doing is finding synonyms, right? So instead of emotional labor, it's like that's unpaid teaching, and <laughs> unpaid teaching that's an entire industry. So how do we create? If if all these people are doing unpaid teaching. Teaching is something that should derive revenue. So that's an entire industry that we just identified. How do we build a revenue model around the unpaid teaching? Right. Right? Self-care. Why is self-care, like, you know, actually taking care of yourself, which sometimes looks really ugly, why have we handed that over to Instagrammers who are brand ambassadors, right? Right. And it's all about buy this, buy this. I'm like, you know what, sometimes self-care is... And I asked my therapist this. She confirmed that sometimes self-care is going to be like letting yourself stay in bed without brushing your teeth until well afternoon and watching something like on Netflix, like Star Trek on repeat. That can be self-care. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not pretty. won't look good on Instagram, but that's self-care. Right. But like, why is that narrative go like that money is going into the wrong space, right? Here's another one. Work-life balance. The more we've talked about work-life balance... The more I'm starting to have a very sneaking suspicion. I would like to know what the fuck is work-life balance, mm-hmm. excuse my language, but what the fuck is like work-life balance and is it even possible? I mean, I think it boils down to joy, right? People like people tell me all the time, they're like, careful, you're going to burn out. I'm like, bro, I would have burned out 19 years ago. Like, I love this shit. Like, if I take too many days off, I get depressed. I sit at home and I, like, eat too many things and I, like, don't know what to do with myself. Like, I like to work. Yeah. I enjoy it. I'm totally cool with it. My day started at 7 a.m., and I'm teaching a class after this at 6.30 to 8.30. I won't get home until 9.30. I'm not going to get home and feel frustrated. I'm not, I don't have kids at home that are being mm-hmm. neglected by me. Like, I'm going to get home and be like, man, what, that was a great fucking day. Yeah. And you know what? Fuck your work-life balance. That's you feeling insecure about your fucking life and what you're doing. It. Don't impose it on me. Yeah. Not you, but in general. Yeah. It's like, look, man, like... You know, like, that's up to the individual. Like, everybody has their different thing. Like, I'm in startup mode. Like, I have to work all the time. And I'm totally cool with that. And I love what I'm doing. Like, I genuinely enjoy it. So, for me, it's not work. Work is my life. Yeah. But, like, work is my life because my life is my work, right? Now, if I was working for somebody else and giving up all this time for me and I was going home every day feeling defeated and tired and Mm -hmm. frustrated, that's a different conversation. Right. For me, like I'll get my work, you know, I'll get my work life balance when I've made enough money and I'm living in Costa Rica in five years and then I'll balance my shit out. Yeah. So then I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to enjoy every minute of it and I'm going to shine as brightest I can. I don't need a balance right now. What else would I do? Well, I think that also like comes to a point that if you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. Exactly. Right. But the problem is you can love what you do and have it be your job and not be getting paid enough for you to be taking care of yourself in other ways. And that's like the, sure. the entrepreneurial clincher. For sure. Well, you know, it's like a friend of mine, you know, a couple weeks ago he went to the beach and he was texting me and he was like, I'm just all stressed out because like they didn't get a new manager at work. And I was like, bro. You're at the beach. Bro. Like, 
did they give you ownership of the company since the last time we talked? He's like, no. I'm like, why do you care? 